1: Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
0: Hello everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Tilford. Joined by Jules Gill. Hello. I'm Josh Brown. Hello. I don't remember the last time we did a podcast together. It's almost like some giant world enslaving thing has happened that's fractured us apart across the
2: country. You know the uh, beginning bit of Inception when he walks into the room and he's an old man? That's exactly what's
0: happened.
2: <laughs> <laughs> We've finally gone enough layers deep, where you, you guys have come washed up on my beach
0: and I'm just like, hello. <laughs> I'm in Wales now. I feel like we're very much the old people and Josh is the very young spry looking dude on the other side of the table. Oh, he's Leo. He is definitely yeah, 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 big, big. Not anymore, idea.
1: dude. Not after the past <laughs> four, five, six months. I feel like I'm aged ten. That's years. a good. That's
0: a good way of putting it. Like we all feel like we're on sort of like level three of uh, the dream yeah. level, and we're trying to get back to whatever the the yeah, the ground level is. But yeah, I just thought we'd do um, a conversation, a podcast about the general state of exclusives and the conversation that Phil Spencer sort of sparked a good few weeks ago, uh, where he was talking about the idea of um, exclusive games, games being exclusive exclusive to certain platforms. How that is fundamentally anti-consumer. He sort of talked about the idea. Of if, you know, in some ways, it's, it's always going to restrict somebody from playing something. Um, and if you sort of value the art form, the medium of gaming overall, then at some point, exclusives are going to have to go away. The weird addendum to that is that he's still champ- championing, you know, this Xbox family of consoles. And obviously, they're not about to put Halo on the PS4. Um, and he was sort of talking about, hey, you know, we don't believe in console exclusives. But what he really meant was that things can go to PC as well. He's still not really talking about it as an art form thing.
2: You have to look at it as well, that that is definitely the type of uh, attitude that somebody who has lost the previous console war would say, like when Mm -hmm. they basically just go like, hey, look, listen, exclusives, they're not everything. It's like (laughs) the person who's only got, what was it, 12 exclusives for the Xbox One? Oh, it's like three now? I mean, everything else has come across. The PS4 absolutely dominated in that sense. The Switch obviously has like loads of their own and the PC, I mean, God, look at them, the amount that they've got there. Like Mm -hmm. exclusivity will always exist. And if anything... I don't. I, I don't see why you would want to get rid of it. Like, because you say like the IPs. Why would you want to give them to somebody else? Like, mm-hmm. yes, you could sell more for that one franchise, but it's not a guarantee that it's going to be that people are going to buy your console.
0: You want mm-hmm. them to play it on your hardware. Surely, This only well, benefits if- the publisher. The thing that you said before as well about like they've almost had to pivot in. It's so strange because they've had so long to come up with this like genius game plan to tackle the next generation. I still want to believe that they have some aces up their sleeve and whatever. But considering how much of a misstep the Xbox One was and the reveal around it, and they sacked Don Matrick and Fill in and Game Pass is great, and you make you make all these really cool strides towards this sort of more positive energy around the Xbox. And then it's just they've almost had to pivot and accept that sort of quote-unquote losing mentality because they can't compete with um, the PS5's exclusives or the PS4 as well. Um, and I just thought that after this long, that's what they would directly go go up against. Um, but their approach now has just been to, oh, well, actually, we don't need exclusives. Everything's fine. The, you know, everything's for everybody. And we're just going to sort of, as long as you're playing on something that's Microsoft branded, we don't really care.
2: But that's something that's Microsoft branded. Like, why would you choose that one over... Mm. Like if you if you're a PS4 fanboy and like like Josh you've had PS uh, stuff what since PS2 PS1 uh, yes but I was
1: uh, Xbox 360 was like a big conversion for me like the original Xbox was when I kind of started looking to the other side and then for that at, the generation that came after after sorry I was um, Xbox 360 all the way and then the Xbox One dropped the ball so hard that I came back <laughs> home as it were to my nice. original love of the PlayStation.
2: But if, if somebody said to you, okay, so Josh, there's this game is coming out for all platforms. How do you decide? What is the deciding factor for you to decide which platform to play it on?
1: It's uh, a bunch of different things. Like uh, on the surface, it depends which game runs better. You know what I mean? Like if I had a PlayStation 3 and an Xbox 360, there was no chance I was going to buy Skyrim for PlayStation 3 because it ran like ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's like a big consideration. But as we get more parity between the consoles, it's more kind of like, where your friends are what's the most Mm. comfortable to play like my playstation 4 pro now is set up so that's awfully convenient that's where um most of my um friends are that i play with so That's kind of like my main entertainment system as well. Like I watched YouTube, Netflix and stuff through that console. So it's actually kind of an effort to get the Xbox out because currently (laughs) it's unplugged for the PlayStation um, VR. So I would need to unplug that, plug the Xbox in to play a multi-platform game. Like I'm just not going to do that. I would to play, you know... Gears 5, I would dust the old thing off and, like, mm-hmm. really enjoy my time. Halo Infinite, I probably would. But it's just kind of like I feel when it comes to multi-platform stuff, you just you usually pick a side and you go with it. I have yeah. owned, you know, both the consoles for six years now, and I've never gone to Xbox for a multi-plat game unless there was, like, a severe price drop or I had one yeah. specific friend who wanted to play on that console.
0: Is that because of the controller and stuff, though? Like, is that because I, I tend to favour PS4 as well until I went slightly mad on Black Friday and got Xbox One X, and then I was like, "Oh well, clearly it's going to be better on the Xbox." So I did that. Not going to lie though, the Xbox One controller is the best controller. You, you've said this for years, and it's I, always it, been crazy.
2: It, it is it, the, Xbox one, the Xbox One controller. I've got one right here, actually. There you go. Yeah, it's all well, the clicky it,
0: clacky deep.
2: It is a marvelous piece of design. This it's just so it's so robust. I absolutely love it. If it was like a choice to <laughs> allow me to play the Xbox, the PS4 using the Xbox One controller, I totally would. Oh, a, Josh, where are you on this
0: on this uh, divide?
1: Uh, right in the middle. On the one hand, on the one <laughs> always is. on the one hand, it's, hey. uh, it's incredibly ergonomically satisfying to hold and play. So that's one point of jewels. On the other hand, it is clicky, clacky, and why does it sound like it's just? <laughs> You know, nails and a chalkboard. That don't, is, need the don't need the D-pad to
0: click on don't need at it. all. Be smooth, be smooth. Be smooth all the way. Um, another thing that you... I'll go on, Jules i was gonna say that that's that's actually probably the way to uh,
2: to win the next sort of console wars is just by offering cross-platform play like if xbox uh, if microsoft had just gone ahead and just said like every game that we're going to be putting out while we might not have exclusives is going to be cross-platform between this and pc every single game i'd be on that like a heartbeat because mm-hmm. like josh was saying before i have more friendship groups that uh, intersect in the venn diagram of my life by having those two criteria met of xbox fans and pc fans mm-hmm. like If they did that, then I'd probably put everything onto the Xbox because of the fact that it would just be there but i think it, it, it is like
0: because he is right obviously you know you are going to be restricting a like a portion of a consumer base that can't access your console but for me that's just that's the race that you're in like that's the media yeah. you're in like i don't in any any sort of competition thing comes down to two contenders whether it's you know sega versus nintendo or android versus iphone or whatever and you know for the most part for this generation until the switch came along it was obviously sony versus microsoft even though sony was so far ahead um and i for me i just view exclusives as a fundamental part of the industry it's just something that we need um to you know to stoke your interest in a new system and the amount of conversations going around around this series x just being like well why would i buy this um, and yeah. because it's always going to come down to the games now maybe that is a reframing of the mentality around gaming that like we just need to accept that on a long enough timeline it's going to be like film tv books where you can just access them digitally everywhere yeah. but, but i oh. just i don't know i'm not holding on to something that's too old at this point even that though,
1: like you compare it to like like film and TV, for instance, even, even those kind of mediums have their own versions of Sony and Microsoft that have their own mm-hmm. exclusives, you know what I mean? Like you go to Netflix primarily for Netflix originals, you go to Amazon Prime, they mm-hmm. have Amazon Prime originals. And I feel like there are two different conversations kind of happening here, and that's between the first party or... Of- I guess second party exclusives, and then kind of like the more third party deals, where you get something like a Shadow Rise of the Tomb Raider, Rise of the Tomb Raider was the mm-hmm. second one. You get a Rise, Rise of the, the Tomb Raider one, yeah. deal where you get um, a series that was predominantly, you know, or the the previous game was multi-platform. It came out on all consoles. And then suddenly the sequel is an Xbox One exclusive, at least for launch it was. And the messaging was kind of unclear. Is it going to be timed? How long is it going to be timed for? And that's when people get really pissed off. And that's when you get this kind of anti-consumer kind of thread coming in, because inherently that kind of is. That isn't bringing anything new to the table it's if anything it's getting off a community that's already invested in this brand in this franchise and you were saying no you have to come over here whereas when it comes to first party i think you're right there scott where like competition breeds you know innovation i've literally got
0: department. that written down i could not yeah. know what the quote was so i wrote <laughs> competition breeds innovation slash excellence it's one of the two it yeah. does Maybe though both. you know,
1: complacency just like kills companies you look at um you know the Esports sports series you know they've got hmm. the exclusive license to these teams uh, these these leagues and stuff like that and you get these games that are incredibly similar because they have nothing really left to fight for. They're not going up against another behemoth, whereas you've got Microsoft, you've got Sony with their first party studios, you've got Halo, you've got Uncharted, you've got some other Xbox franchise, you've got Gears, you've got yeah. <laughs> like uh, Horizon Zero Dawn or something. And they fundamentally push those um, respective console makers and publishers and developers to try and do something new, to try and one-up in each other, to try and kind of... Um, you know get the market share of uh, profits and mm-hmm. fans and kind of engagement and stuff like that and i don't think that's inherently anti-consumer because the opposite of that is everything's on everywhere and no one tries to buy for your attention so we get you know diminishing <laughs> returns and games that just aren't trying to push forward because they have no reason to try and push forward because they're not fighting for anything other than just trying to get people to buy the game
2: Mm-hmm. I feel like um, uh, Phil's uh, statement as well is kind of like um, dismisses of of the success of uh, exclusives in terms of um, the, the monetary return that they get. Like if mm-hmm. you look at the PS4 Spider-Man, that sold so many units. The God of War game sold so many units. Like mm-hmm. there is a reason for them to exist because of the fact that you can yes, you are gating off some of the market, but they are selling so well that why would you ever not want to have exclusives? Like, you're basically going up to Sony and saying, please, can you let uh, stop this war of having exclusives? (laughs) Why would they ever turn around and say no?
0: Like, why would they ever say, like, yeah? That's what I think he's trying to that's the thing it's like is it is it a marketing spin like you know mm. is it this sort of game of 4D PR chess or is it like a more progressive mentality towards the availability of games in the long run um, but for me I, I like all that stuff like I was going to say what what are you guys um, thoughts on all the console war stuff because obviously we came up when you know during like N64 versus PS1 and like PS2 mm. like obliterated the GameCube and all that kind of crap and I love that stuff in like a fun self-aware sports team kind of way um, never going online harassing developers or, or whatever no because um, obviously, some people take it too far, but I think like that stuff for me is part of the enjoyment of the medium, and like that whole thing of like, oh, what's my team gonna have, or like, oh, what's this first party uh, studio working on, and like, I oh, you know I'm proud to, or like I'm happy, I'm looking forward to seeing what like all of this money's gonna get put behind, and um, from a company that wants to have a portfolio of titles, for me, that's some of the most exciting stuff of why gaming is a big deal and why i like favor it as a medium um but i mean what yeah, what's like either of your thoughts on like the console war stuff in general like i are i guess it's our exclusive necessary uh, in that sort of uh, realm as well. well i
2: i don't want to ever <laughs> uh, look out to the gaming industry and just see that it's become a homogenous mess where you can mm. get every title on every console because again what's the point you might as well just have one console then you might as well have like kind just of one developer Well, that's clearly what they want
0: done. eventually yeah
2: yeah but that's just so boring like it's <laughs> like it's uh I, I definitely think that having exclusives is important because it makes you feel proud to own certain consoles um it's a very very elitist thing to say that you could just get all of the consoles to yeah. therefore mitigate this uh, which is a huge expense and i'm not recommending that to people but i people do that like like, over time but it's like yeah 10 years <laughs> like, 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 we're, like we're all in like josh how old are you again you're 22 25 <laughs> like, sorry, 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 <laughs> that's how long then. we've been in lockdown so so when so when you hit 30s you'll be able to have any console you want mate that's just what happens because <laughs> you, you've accrued them over the years you just you, you get, get gifted them accru- you get gifted them yeah so by that point like I'm 33 now I'm looking around just going like oh I can play whatever I want on any console because over the years I've just scrounged and scrimped but it's kind of sad in a way as well, because I don't feel like I've got an allegiance to any particular one.
0: I liked having well, you, that you, when you, I was a kid. You kinda of sh- that's the thing, cause it obviously when you're coming up, like it, it forms part of your identity as a person when you're scrambling to latch onto anything through music or games or whatever when you're younger. And I think that obviously that leads to those toxic mentalities of like, Oh my god, like, you know, this thing got slagged off, therefore I'm gonna take it personally and go online and slag someone else off. Um, as opposed to when you get older and it's a more mature, like I said, it's almost sports like mentality of just sort of general like supporting a brand or being happy to see like a portfolio yeah. of first-party
2: stuff. That changed the day that the developers themselves started reaching out to other developers of other exclusives and saying, mm. well done. That was the moment where people were just kind of like, oh, okay, that's it." there is no reason to fight or uh, have a go at somebody for choosing or liking something. You can like whatever you like. It, and yeah. it was like, because Corey Barrock's just a, uh, a lovely person. He's always offering out praise to people who are doing well in
0: the industry. And I'm lo- mm. I love to see that because well, that's it's like how you um, grow. Yeah, it's like shaking hands or like the the bow at the end of the UFC bout to sort of like yeah, good game. Like we, you know we both understood the rules, we have both had a go, and you won this one, and I'll get you next time, and whatever. At yeah. least like that's how I kind of view it. Um, Josh, what's your thoughts on all the console war stuff over the years? I mean, yeah, it is, it is. It's 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 just nice to care about
1: something, isn't it? Like there are obviously <laughs> levels to this, but it's, in to go yeah. through your life being kind of apathetic or not investing in stuff because that's not a very nice or healthy way to live. But obviously, you know, there are extents. You don't want to take that too far. You don't want it to become toxic. You don't want it to become a case of an in-group and an out-group and an us versus them. And I do feel like the video game industry itself is to blame for cultivating that to an extent. It's not like Mm. it's just people. You know, they are being told, either indirectly or directly, to side with us and, you know, don't side with them. Come to us, you know. Make your identity ingrained with our brand. And that stuff is horrible and toxic, but there is a certain level of it that I find, you know, is quite helpful and quite nice to be part of a community. Obviously, you know, there are a lot of pros that come with that. And yeah, well, like when you're grown up, like even now, you know, since starting this job where we have to like cover both sides, we have a lot more uh, consoles, we have to be more objective with how we think. Like Mm -hmm. you do lose that element of kind of, you know, secretly hoping Microsoft has some kind of winner in it's up its sleeve Mm -hmm. or you you want to kind of come back. Like there's still elements of that, but Mm -hmm. at least for me personally, it's, it's it's way less pronounced than it once
0: was. It's it's that's a really like cool way of putting it because I think I still love that where I'm just sort of like oh what they're gonna do next like it's like an ongoing saga. It's like well PS like PS5 showcase is like well they've got Ratchet and Clank and Spider Man and uh, Miles Morales and they've got all these other things. I'm like oh what's Xbox gonna do next? And we you know we did like videos on that stuff of like oh how can Xbox possibly respond to this thing? And then they didn't. They sort of responded <laughs> it. They did Halo and it's got Craig in. and I'm loving Craig. I like him more than what <laughs> Halo <laughs> it looks like. And I'm like oh that's like a really weird report to that sort of hand that you were dealt and like I'm like okay what are they going to do next like it's all to play for and like I said it's I almost like a yeah. sports analogy to it well that's
1: perfect like don't get me wrong I still love getting caught up in the drama like I mm-hmm. wouldn't be as excited to do these videos if I didn't you know love the industry and love the machinations of it and seeing mm-hmm. these hands get played and you know these companies trying to one up on each other I'm more talking about like you know using the sports team analogy like growing up you make kind of like a football team part of your identity to the point mm. where you hate the other people. And I feel like growing up and, you know, we're doing, doing what we do, we can sort of appreciate it from a kind of a further step back where we take ourselves out of the equation. We might still be excited, but we're not like going to feel bummed out about ourselves if Play- yeah. the PlayStation doesn't show up one day. We can get excited for what they're doing, but we're not going to be like, man, I feel totally let down, like for me as a person. You know what I mean? I feel yes. totally mm. like this has mm. affected me and affected my mood and affected how I see You know, these games and this industry and these people, which is Mm -hmm. the toxic thing, really.
0: Oh yeah, hundred percent. And like, obviously, that's that again for one last sort of sports thing. That's like, oh, your football team lost, therefore your entire holiday is ruined, or your entire weekend is ruined, or whatever. Like that's sort of like moving past external forces stuff. Um but yeah, I mean, it's just it's just that general idea of like because um, I guess we didn't actually answer the question directly. Our exclusives fundamentally <laughs> anti-consumer. Um, yes, they are, but I think that's for the betterment of the of the medium. But I don't know if, yeah. if you would still say the same thing, Jules.
2: Definitely. I I, I know it sounds like a um. A weird thing to say like yes they're bad for the people who can't get for the them. medium they're, <laughs> for <laughs> they're, they're better for the uh industry overall because without exclusives uh we would end up with just slop because no one would try <laughs> no one would care you just go for the lowest common denominator with the maximum uh, possible return mm-hmm. it doesn't uh, promote um innovation uh studios are given more leeway creative freedom on their part as well to try these new things in the first place I, that would go if we didn't. Yeah. If everything it's, was open borders, then there would just be people
0: uh, abusing the system and putting Trite out. It makes me curious about like, because like, obviously there's the whole thing about like Xbox becoming like the Netflix of games and like Netflix themselves struggled a lot with their originals. Like it, I think only the last sort of, I don't know, yeah, couple of years times of flat circle, it's locked down. But I think they've like, they've started getting better with their originals now, but stuff like when they did that Cloverfield weird movie thing, oh, and it was like Arabic, the vast majority yeah. Yeah, the paradox thing, and like the vast majority of Netflix originals at the beginning felt really throwaway, and every time you would Google one, it was like a four out of ten thing, and they've not they've not nailed every part of it. But I feel like they're a little bit better now. Things like Buster Scruggs or whatever. Um, And it's just that general idea of like, well, how do you, if games are available to everybody at once, then where does that innovation come from? Assumedly, it would have to be for the love of the medium, like Netflix wanted to start greenlighting better projects or something like that. But I just don't know, like on a long enough timeline, do you see gaming going this way anyway? Because films, TV, books, everything's become this access and app on your TV thing, as opposed to being kind of a smaller industry like it is now.
2: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. I'll see you all soon. I think we'll see, like eventually we will see, you know, publishers and console makers doing away with the idea of just having one console and instead mm. we'll have a platform. You know, like you were saying there, like Phil Spencer and Xbox, they're already moving towards that with PC and all their different Xbox consoles, Again, like the Xbox, just, just Xbox, just Microsoft is kind of its own brand at this point. And I do mm. feel like eventually over a long enough time period, we will see that with Sony. But even then, I feel like all of these different companies just know the value of a, an exclusive brand, an exclusive IP. So while we might move away from you know, having these real rigid generations where you can only get something uh, at PS5 on launch that you can't get on the PlayStation 4 like now, mm. eventually we will get it. So we have this cross-pollination, so everything's accessible, but only over one family of units. We st- I still don't think we'll get to a point where everything's available everywhere because I feel like brands are just too like like jules is saying brands are just too successful in their own right they move Mm -hmm. services they move platforms they move consoles they move software and people you know ultimately want them because the gaming industry and industries at large like we were saying as well tie people's kind of investment to those specific brands and you kind of like lose that it becomes way more nebulous way more hard harder to pin down way more harder to market to Mm -hmm. if you kind of just have this cross-pollination thing like I, i don't necessarily think they're anti-consumer i do when you kind of get arrogant about it like when you have the xbox one and you're like if you want to play xbox 360 games stick with the xbox 360 because we don't want you essentially like there's a Mm. there's a dick way to do it but there is a kind of um you know an understanding of that we need to push technology forward we're going to try our best to make if you buy into the xbox brand it is accessible as possible to play these different titles on whatever machine you have but at the same time, we still understand that Halo sells because it's tied to our console and we're not going to let the competition have that just because yeah. it might get some more software sales, you know what I mean? <laughs>
0: like at some point, like, I, yeah, like I get it. he's going down this like super friendly, everything's for everyone, don't worry about it. Like we're all going to just just love games in the sun, dance around, you know, link arms, it's all fine. But there is obviously that like brass tacks business reality of like, but we need, it's still going to come down to the games, it's still going to come down to the franchises, the IPs. Um, and it, in, in that case, it isn't the same as a Netflix or, or like a Prime or whatever, where as know for me i didn't buy i didn't subscribe to netflix prime for specific shows it was the service um which i think is what they're going for but i just think the difference in medium changes that like in gaming the amount of time we're going to invest per game um i don't know if you guys would agree but for me it it does come down to the games like game pass is great but it's still specific games that i'm highlighting
2: yeah they're very true
0: very true indeed. Um interesting. the other thing I was gonna say as well is like the amount of stuff that they've the amount of uh, money they've invested in things like the X Cloud streaming stuff where you can just stream a game on your phone or access it anywhere. Is that a future that you guys want as well? Because that's another step towards like Xbox being an app that is just available everywhere, like a Netflix or something like that.
2: Uh, it's the, the concept of being able to stream anything anywhere, I think it's such a gimmick. Like, <laughs> really? I, I, like, I, I'm I, I'm just. Do as well, to be honest. Um, I love the idea that the Switch has popularized being able to take like a proper console on the move with you. But still, we all know that there are still limitations with that idea. And adding mm. in the concept of streaming stuff around a country which doesn't even have good internet at the best of times. I mean, like we're <laughs> we're struggling to get a connection going for this <laughs> chat. Like, like I, it it boggles the mind that people think that that's going to happen in the next couple right. of the years. The, the the technology will be there, but the infrastructure will not be.
0: Do you think that, like, if they say they do manage to get it, say the infrastructure is absolutely bang on, does the idea of playing a Halo, a Fable, a Gears, whatever, on a phone... That because, you because
2: that will change the mentality of how developers look to program games they will not look for long seated long driven stuff they'll go okay we need to develop games that are quick blasts like mm. it will work for games like call of duty or uh, like a battlefield game or uh, something that has a round based short system that you can drop in and drop out but let's just say what the impact that would have for your rpgs and stuff like that like i do i want to start a final fantasy 20 game and then suddenly two days like like an hour later to go oh, okay i've got to put that down now and go there like no you want to be sucked into those worlds they rely on immersion so Mm. it won't translate well to like all these different types of games and i worry that if they did try and get it to work on that we'd end up with every game having like an episodic recap every time you like log back in or something like that it's
0: but like, like, I hey mean, did, you,
2: did you forget what happened 20 20 minutes ago no i didn't
0: no i would I take didn't. that to be honest i that's like a separate issue but i would totally take a game that when you get if i boot up skyrim now after like nine years or whatever i would love something that said, yeah. hey by the way you just did this nine years if, ago if it, if it was <laughs> nine years ago then yeah i would actually <laughs> appreciate that is that like a maximum time limit to it um but yeah i just i don't know josh what do you think of that sort of thing Um, I'm, again, conflicted on this, man, because on the
1: one (laughs) hand, if games were continued, if they continue to be made as they are to now, or like around about now, where it is just kind of like the conventional experiences, you've got conventional RPGs, you've got conventional shooters, and they ultimately play as they do on consoles. I don't think it would be like completely bad if anything it would be good to mm. have access to that anywhere. Because like it, like, it, like, we were saying, it opens up the accessibility to so many other people. And as long as it scales, as long as you don't kind of dial back your ambition from a developing perspective, as long as you find a way to have the kind of the console experience, this is the Xbox Series X like, experience with, you know, ray tracing in 120 frames per second. But you can also get a version of this, that stream that you can play on your, on your t- tablet or your Kelly or something like that, mm. if, it, if it kind of like is paired back or something. I don't see what the issue would be fully in, a, in an ideal world where this doesn't lead to shortcuts, where this doesn't lead to kind of cut corners or a reining in of ambition. Like if you can Ugh. get that infrastructure up and you can get the technology working, why not beam it to everywhere? Like the, the the proof is in the practice. And I don't think the practice is going to be all that good, at least for the foreseeable future. But in yeah. an ideal world, you know, future... A future end goal where this would be possible and it would be more or less seamless. I feel like. Why not? You know, I, I love the Switch. Uh, the Vita sounds really good, Scott. You know, being able to remark. The Vita is like that, stupidly
0: good. The Vita, good. some say, is better than the Switch, but that's only in regards <laughs> to how it is as a system. And um, one thing I was going to ask as well, in regards to all this stuff, it's like how much do we cling on to the general ways of playing because it's the way that we were brought up when the medium was like in its infancy? The idea of like, you know, a controller and sit, as opposed to a touchscreen or sitting down with like having the TV in front of you and playing that way, as opposed to taking in something like like, if you played Skyrim for the first time, We would, if someone was asking to, you know, should I play Skyrim? The the version we're going to suggest is the way that we played it, where you're sitting down with a big TV and you go through it, as opposed to. And if someone's like, oh, can I? I'll just get the mobile version, and it's like, well, like if you're still streaming Skyrim onto a phone, that's still Skyrim. But it's not the way that we would do it, and is that just as good? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think all those things will change depending on like the like I said, screen size, accessibility, things like that. Um, but which doesn't necessarily go hand in hand with the exclusive thing. But Microsoft are very much pushing the X Cloud stuff, and that's how they've been doing hands on with their uh, game previews and things <laughs> like that. Whereas on Sony's side, um, PlayStation Now is just this like side thing that they've mm-hmm. just sort of gone. Well, we'll do it if you want it, but we're not really that sure. Like Josh, you've got PlayStation Now. Did they ever really? Make it a worthwhile, like a way better than it was when it first launched.
1: It's way better than it was when it first launched, primarily because they've started adding like actual PlayStation Four exclusives to it that you can mm. download. Every PlayStation Four, every PlayStation Four game that's on there, you don't have to stream. You can do it Xbox right. Game Pass style, where you can download it. It's a much better experience, but it's still quite an interesting way to go back and revisit all the games. For instance, mm. I was doing a bunch last year where I was going back to the MGS franchise and I played all of the uh, the HD. <laughs> two three and peace walker on there and yeah i'm so proud
2: of you (laughs) (laughs) exactly i hope they hold up
1: having it on um you know having the originals or having the box version but it's a way to play that i probably Mm. wouldn't have pursued had i not had that so instantly accessible to me. And I feel like, yeah, it might not be, it might not be the most ideal way to experience something. But we're also seeing that in, you know, um the movie or the, the movie world at the minute. You can go to IMAX, you can go to the cinema, you can watch something on home release on your telly, you can watch it on your laptop, you can watch it on a tablet, you can watch it on mm-hmm. a phone. And yeah, you have all of these options, but just because you say it to someone, you can play Skyrim on a phone. That doesn't mean everyone's gonna automatically go, well that's all I'm playing. <laughs> someone will. Yeah. That's yeah. all I'm gonna do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the option is still open. And mm-hmm. I feel like as long as there are still um, things to champion about like the regular console experience, then we won't see people suddenly go, well, I'm giving up on it because this is available now. So I'm going to migrate over.
0: I guess if anything, it will breed that, that another sort of like fractured mentality of people being like, oh, did you play it? But where did you play it? Did you play it <laughs> on a TV? Did you play <laughs> no. it at home? Like, oh, you play the mobile version, like, oh, that's not really Trust me, the, same the, P- thing.
2: The, the PC." thing. Um... Gaming circle is very much like that because it's not a case of now just like oh are you playing it because obviously we're all playing it. It's mm. what graphics setting have you got? You get gatekeeping in terms of hardware at that point uh-huh. over there. So if Phil Spencer wants to talk about sort of uh, getting exclusivity down, like exclusivity exists even within the community in that sense because you have everyone's
0: got a different console effectively pl- trying to play <laughs> the same game. <laughs> but that's that's another thing is like the because the one of the, the one of the ways to tie the streaming stuff to the exclusivity thing is that both companies are pretty much flirting with the idea of what could eventually become an Xbox app or a PlayStation app. Like Game Pass mm-hmm. is, you know, you, you put that icon on a TV and you Bluetooth tether the controller to the TV and you have Xbox as the Netflix of games. Um, Sony tried that with the PlayStation. Um, it was called PlayStation TV. Uh, Jules, you had it for the mm-hmm. episode of four, I forget what it was yeah, called. It I think yeah, I did. it's PS TV. But... And, yeah. um, you know, that, that's like them sort of exploring, okay, the PlayStation could just be an app going forward. Um, but then, like you said, you take the PC side of it and everyone has these almost like a like a filtering down diagram. It's like well, everyone's coming from above. There are all the ten different ways you could access this product, and we're all trying to get down to the one distilled experience in the middle. Um, which for me makes me think of like mods and how different things can change what that core experience yeah. is. Um, and I just want the exact version of whatever the product is, um, which also ties into something like Christopher Nolan and Tenet, and just being like, well, the only way to view this movie is in the cinema. That's the way. Yeah. And if you're going to watch it on a phone, that's not good enough. And all f- those things. I feel like I,
1: like as a society we just i feel like like, as sad as it might be i think we're just beyond that point now you know even (laughs) with the consoles we have we've got playstation 4 we've got playstation 4 pro we've got 4k tvs we've got tvs that aren't 4k you've got tvs Mm -hmm. that have hdr 10 you've got tvs that have hdr 8 so we're already i love that sorry
2: i love the fact you just described every single one of the tvs that scott went through that one week oh my god (laughs) why not go back to that even the one I've got
0: now can barely hold an internet connection. No, so it's gonna oh, end up getting returned as well. I'm don't sorry. buy a 4K TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is it, you know what I mean? Like we both played Ghost of Sushima,
1: but uh, I might have played it in HDI, you might not, you might not have, you know what I mean? Like well, or
0: in the, the Will of the Wisps, yeah.
1: The experiences are always gonna be slightly different, but I don't feel like currently we have much gatekeeping going on in that sense. Like, yes, like PC, completely different ecosystem, completely different beast, but in a kind of more casual console market. That where, where TV specs can be so confusing <laughs> and the differences between the PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 4 regular mode and boost mode can be so confusing. I don't think we're quite there yet. And ultimately mm. it just leads to like a bunch of different variations, very slight variations on what's essentially the same game. Like you don't lose anything substantial. Like I, I'm not going to rate uh, Ghost of Tsushima a, a seven out of 10. Because I didn't play it in HDR, because I played it on like a smaller screen, you know what I mean? Or I played it on a base console. Like the core experience ultimately, I I think anyway, will remain the same across the board. And the people who buy in at the top level will have a few extra bells and whistles. The Mm -hmm. people at the bottom level will have, well, won't have them.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, Sushima is an interesting example because that game is so gorgeous and it relies so much, like the photo mode elevates a lot of the overall visuals and the feeling of being in this sort of majestic like storybook version of Japan. So I think like that's one thing that you wouldn't get if you were on a smaller screen. Um, but yeah, in terms of like access points and exclusives and things like that, like I, yeah, to round it all out, I would say that every company going forward, if you're going to compete in this space at this level, you do need to have a portfolio of titles that will turn heads, um, which very, like Sony have very much got that the PS4 exclusive library is the best in PlayStation history by a pretty considerable margin, Um, which is kind of insane considering they were going up against like Metal Gear and uh, Final Fantasy 7 and things like that back on the PS1 days. Um, But yeah, I guess I guess like conclusive thoughts, are you guys pretty much on, on the same page?
2: Yeah, definitely. Keep the exclusives coming like (laughs) like, I I can't champion them enough just because without them, we wouldn't have gotten some of the craziest ideas. Because if you think about it this way, if you've got an idea and you're going to one of the big companies and they say, right, it's got to be available on all platforms, you then have to uh, adhere to loads of different things. You have to make it more homogenous to make sure that recoups back the money that they're going to invest in, making sure that it's multi-platform. There's Mm -hmm. so many different things about getting architecture to work, support and bug patching and things like that as well. It's just almost easier to work with just one company Mm-hmm. I've heard that Sony aren't exactly like the most um, uh, flexible when it comes to some of their sort of things that they put out. But still,
0: imagine, I imagine that the creative freedom you get to make well, your game a reality. That's another thing, too, bet. is like the if you're working with one specific company like a Sony, then they might not want to put their name on something that's a bit more like risque. Like it's not like Nintendo have done any adult focused games. The nearest is like Bayonetta um, or something like that. They did, did Mad World i was thinking of mad world but even that's like a big gory over the top thing like in a comic book kind of way they've not done like a like a like last of us 2 something that adjacent just barely going to be like a nintendo fronted version of that just isn't going to exist because their brand mentality is so much more rounded family friendly yeah. and in all ages um so i think there's like pros and cons in that way but i they're, they're still building a portfolio that is very much nintendo and that's what you go for um josh what's your final thoughts
1: Totally. Like, I feel when it comes to, you know, some of my favorite games of the generation, both across all of these different consoles, whether it's Nintendo, uh, Xbox, or PlayStation 4, a lot of them will be exclusives. You know, Breath of the Wild, mm. uh, you know, The Last of Us, um, Gears 5 I bloody loved, um, Cuphead, which was ex- exclusive for a long time. You know what I mean? Like, I look to these games, and yet no, none of these companies are perfect, you know what I mean? None of these publishers are perfect or are the most, most ethical, but with this kind of system that's in place now, I feel like we do get more diverse games than we would otherwise. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. When everyone was saying that single player games were dead, EA, EA was saying live services is the future, you had, you know, you had Sony <laughs> saying, well, no, we're gonna make God of War, we're gonna make Spider-Man, we're gonna make The Last of Us, we're gonna make Horizon Zero Dawn, and we're gonna give we're gonna fill a gap in the market that would be totally ignored um, otherwise. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, Xbox does that as well. And all of them do, and I feel like without that, you just you left off with like like Jules said, a more homogenous kind of landscape of. Great dry bread. <laughs>
0: <laughs> My thing is, if you compare it to like the streaming services, like the exclusives are like the, the tip of the spear, the thing that might get you and the thing that they can front load on a, on a storefront. Um, but you are getting a catalog of stuff alongside that. Whereas if it's just the catalog and hardly any exclusives, then it's something like Disney Plus, where you sort of get it for a body of stuff, but it doesn't keep you. It's not, it's like Disney Plus is fine, but it's nowhere near as exciting as something like a Netflix or like something that you would buy, like a Prime to access a certain title on. Um, so, yeah, the, the conversation continues. But let us know what you think down in the comments below if you're watching the video version, or come find us on Twitter if you're following along on the audio platforms. Uh, for now, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Jules Gill. Thanks for having me. And Josh Brown. Goodbye. I will catch you next time. Bye. Cheers. Peace.